Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about scapular dyskinesis, we talk about glove side lean in the baseball pitch, and we talk about whether or not you should renew your SCS certification. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show. We're at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. We're here with everybody, Lenny McCrina, LennyMcCrina.com. We're going to do the full intro today. Dave Tilly, ShiftMovementScience.com, Dan Pope, FitnessPainFree.com, and Mike Scaduto at MikeScaduto.com. We're all here answering your great, great questions here. Had a ton of good ones. Uh, uh, last bunch of, of episodes we've had, we really enjoyed the questions. So keep them coming. Head to MikeRonald.com, click on that link for the podcast, and you can fill out the form for questions, and we'll get going. We have Zach Tallyho from Regis, Logan Genghis Klon from WashU. Got it. Nailed it. Let's get started, right? <laughs> All right, we got Andrew from Palm Springs. What is the best way to approach pa- approach patients with moderate to severe scapular dyskinesia? Does this change if the long thoracic nerve is compromised? Moderate to severe scapular dyskinesia. I think it actually like, it's, it's I think it starts with a diagnosis, right? Everybody yeah. wants to say anything is dyskinesia, right? Um, I think it, it it starts with that. But if, if he says moderate to severe dyskinesia, let's jump straight yeah. to say, what do we do with, with significant winging? Let's talk about that. Who wants to start? No, no, we're we'll, yeah. going to do paper rocks. <laughs> we'll definitely rule out neurological. Yeah, it sounds like if there's a long thoracic nerve probably. issue, that's going to be the primary thing to resolve. And then... Um, it's not that. You can get super strong. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you still want to work on strengthening. You just go to... You know, be careful not to irritate further what the long thoracic nerve is trying to, the healing capacity of the long thoracic nerve. How do you modify, how do you uh, look at that? Just make sure the wing's not getting worse, I would imagine, unless you're going to send it for another EMG. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, the strengthening is going to be like your key. Otherwise, no matter what, if they have minimal scapular dyskinesia, with, with Laurie Meitner just showed that pain and scapular dyskinesia have no correlation. So, we can't always just, like Mike said, rely on scapular dyskinesia as the diagnosis, you know? So if it's neurological winging, what do we do? Does it change how yeah. you do things? Neurological winging from long thoracic, does it change your approach? Definitely education and the time component. Like, it's going to take a while. Okay, so we're going to tell them to take longer. You just had that, uh, that hockey did. player, the European hockey player. Well, I guess it's all anecdotal stuff, but I just tried as much as I could to get his race anterior to fire. It wasn't just for him, so it was interesting because it wasn't just long thoracic nerve. He just had some issues with Terry's major, which is gone for some reason. He had a bunch of funky um, 
issues that didn't really follow like a, a myotomal distribution or just a long thoracic nerve. You also couldn't remember a time period when this started to happen. So, so loss of memory too. Yeah. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> Amnesia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I just tried to treat what was seemed to be lacking and I tried to really hammer away with a lot of things that maybe help with biofeedback. Initially, you couldn't even like get his serratus to fire at all. So we tried a bunch of things. We tried doing a little bit of um, NMES. We tried some needling with some stim in the area, some tapping, a lot of high MG exercises for the muscles I felt were limited, um, and just really tried to push that. Uh, for him, the other piece of once his strength started to come back more so, uh, because he's a professional athlete, I just felt that we had to give him some more advanced exercises. So um, different crawl variations, I think, are phenomenal for some of the scapular muscle, um, especially like a retro crawl, because every time you push away, it's kind of the same. Um, protraction and level of flexion you need to really hit the serratus. Um, a lot of different get-up variations that are probably in that same range where you're getting protraction and reaching, but you're able to load those a little bit more. Um, sometimes I feel like our traditional exercise for the serratus aren't that great. It's like activation and then like punches, um, which obviously is not going to get it going. And then eventually we just gave him a really well-rounded strength and conditioning program to get him back to his sport that was specific to what he wanted to get back to. Um, I reached out to him. I was actually thinking about this a couple of days ago, but um, um, he didn't regain full function. Um, however, I think he still had more time. He did make progress, but the other interesting thing was he was able to play no problem. He was nothing in his play was limited, just yeah. that he couldn't bring his arm fully overhead, and he still had significant weaknesses when he left. Yeah, and as a hockey That's player, good. so his sport he could probably get away with it, but you know, right. baseball type of throwing type sport, you know, it's going to be more troublesome. Which is what we have a kid here who had he he tells me there was nothing. He didn't do anything, and he said spontaneous long thoracic nerve palsy. Um, he wasn't sick. He didn't have an injury, nothing. And he is a year out, roughly, not to date the episode, but he's roughly a year from his injury. And he still has about self-reported like 75, 80% um, strength return. So he's still lacking even a year out. So I wonder if we see your guy in a year or so when his season's over how he presents, you know, any differently. <laughs> I think the readers know when he started rehab. I think there's only one person in the world that, that dated the episode. <laughs> so I, I think Dan said a couple of key facts that I put in there. It's like neuromuscular stim, fantastic. Biofeedback, fantastic. Proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation through like tapping stuff, fantastic. And then I would agree with Dan 100%. It's, it's if you don't have good action of that muscle, just doing protraction over and over again is not necessarily that. You have to facilitate it somehow. And what I've found, one of the best ways for upper rotation, upward rotation of the, of the scap is through the closed chain. So Dan mentioned some of the more advanced stuff like crawling, and I think those are all fantastic. I even think just like prone rock backs and stuff like that, or just, even some of the basics, we do a lot of those. We do a lot of those with stim and biofeedback on it. You just do them over and over again. The big thing with me when it's neurological is lower load, much higher reps, right? You're trying to do neuromuscular retraining. It's high reps yeah. and frequency. No you're not way. doing it at a point where you're hurting them or you're doing too much. But you have to retrain that muscle and that nerve to work again if there isn't a reason why it can't come back. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right there too because I remember early in the rehab we were trying a whole bunch of things and it was wasn't having a ton of luck with certain things I thought would work really well. We try something else like, oh wow, that really seems like it's doing the trick and then we just kind of evaluated from that perspective and gave him the exercise where he felt he was getting the best and I could feel like the muscle was contracting doing what it's supposed to do. Nice. Awesome. Sweet. Good. What do we got next? Thor from Calgary. Come on. Thor? No way. No way. Thor from Calgary. Thor from Ragnar's brother. That's a sick name. I love it, Thor. We know that a higher arm slot can improve vertical movement on breaking balls as well as throwing velocity. What drills are most recommended to achieve an optimum contralateral tilt with the goal of a higher arm slot? 
I literally have no idea what that question is. <laughs> <laughs> literally no idea. Tumble track. Well, there's, there's three different surfaces that you can do gymnastics. Start from NASCAR. <laughs> it goes from tumble tracks, and then there's this rod. Rod track. You were all stumped. See, we were pretty close to that. So, okay. All right, so baseball question. What you're saying is, so I, it sounds like that's good. You know a little bit here. You know that contralateral trunk lean to glove side, we'll say, can increase velocity, right? So you're saying, well, look, what, what kind of drills can you get that to? I don't think we're like big drill guys for that. I think what that comes down to is the whole concept we always talk about is your legs develop your power, your core transfers it, and your arm dissipates it. We kind of always say those three things. So for you to get velocity by getting your arm slot up, it's not by moving your arm up, right? It's by getting a little bit more of your glove side involved in the action. Right, so not everybody wants to be on top of the ball like a Tim Limskum, a Tim Linskum. Did I say that backwards? <laughs> Tim, a Tim Limskum. <laughs> sorry, Tim. I know that is. So. <laughs> sorry, Timmy. Um, uh, Linskum or like uh, Clay Buckholz type guy, where they're so contralateral leaned that their release points overhead and their curve ball more twelve six. Right, so there's a big difference there. So what does that involve? That involves good, strong, stable legs and a good, strong glove side core. You know, so I, I don't know if I would necessarily give drills. I think you, you got to focus on your body's ability to be able to do that, right? But everybody's got different mechanics. That's just, you know, if you're trying to get somebody more stable in those mechanical positions. Yeah, I don't know if we really want people that much overhead, too. I don't know what, you, what your concept is and what you're thinking because we want people kind of shoulder height. If we get too far overhead, they're either going to have to really compensate. And if they're not, now they're going to start running into impingement type stuff. So you got to be careful when you're trying to train a kid to be forcefully throwing in this, you know, if this is 90 degrees, say 100, 110 degrees, you, you may run the risk of other issues. Right. And it sounds like he acknowledged that. It sounds like in his question he said to get your arm up, not to get your arm up, but to keep your arm in the, with, in, in with the shot trunkling. and get trunkling, yeah, which is yeah. good. But that's actually yeah. a good good thing to say, though, because some people would, would say, well, I'm just trying to get higher to get on top of the ball. Right. But it's not that you get your arm higher. You have to get your trunk more to the side. Right. If that's that submarine, is that airplane? So Airplane, yeah, airplane mode. Interesting. <laughs> Work on that. I like that. I'm going to go with that. Air, air, airplane throws. <laughs> I like it. That was all. But I think that answers your question. Get, get your legs strong and your core stable with that, that glove side. Subgrade so, so well. airplane trucks. All right, we got Dominic from Washington. Right, one more. Dominic from Washington. I saw recently on Twitter that Lenny said he won't be renewing his SCS. Shots fired. At least somebody read my tweets. Shots fired. Read my tweets. Is it worth getting the certification while relatively new in physical therapy with the intent of working with sports teams to help you to advance yourself and to open some doors? I, that's exactly what I did. So Len, go ahead, Lenny. Len, let's, I, um, uh, let's let you dig your way out of this tweet. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I, went, I, was, I went through the process 10 years ago, and I was very, and I'm very proud to have the SCS. But going through the recertification process, it just hit a roadblock. I do not have the hours covered on a, on a field to be able to recertify. So how am I going to do that at this point? How do they expect me and other SCSs oftentimes to get on a field to do that coverage? So I think the situation or the, the certification is flawed slightly. Uh, I don't know if, in my opinion, I think a PT could be and should be on a field covering an athletic event more so than an ATC, an athletic trainer. So, Mike, you're an SCS. Tilly, are you? You're an SCS. You're an OCS, which is different. Um, easy one, Bushley. <laughs> Did you do a raspberry? I guess. I guess you cover gymnastics events. So you would be able yeah. to. I think that's going to be. 
Yeah, but I you don't cover it as like no. I actually intentionally as, provide that as a medical provider that would be there in case somebody gets hurt. Would you put your license on the line to have to stabilize and no. work as an ATC, so to speak? No. And I, that was my beef. I use the word beef um, as everybody shimmied away from me. Um, that's that was my beef, and I'm not going to be able to, to renew my SCS, unfortunately. And I, I hate it because I put a lot of work into it, and I really respect the sports section and, and, and the sports certification. So you did a good job digging your way out of that collection, yeah. by the way. Because yeah. that was you know, that, GCS. That was, that was pretty solid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty. I've worked as an athletic trainer, like, and that, that was like my role. Even as a physical therapist, I had a role of an athletic trainer, right? And and I I think it's absurd to think a physical therapist can or should cover an athletic event. I think it's absurd. So I, I agree with Lenny for that, and to have that as part of the qualification for the SES, I think you're going to lose a lot of physical therapists. Yeah, um, it's it's silly. It's, I mean, my tweet silly. that I sent out, I had silly. probably three or four different PTs, <laughs> especially like people that I highly respect in the profession that are about to go through the recertification, and they said they're probably not going to do it. So I hope they. I would love to speak with somebody at the APTA and figure out how we can amend this or how I can get around this or something. I don't know. Call to action. Yeah, this episode's um, going by. I don't want to lose my SES, but I, I'm, I'm running out of time before I, I, I lose it. Italian so Lenny's I in did, full effect. I don't Lenny, Lenny's losing I don't it. have the coverage. <laughs> Lenny's livid. Lenny's livid angry. Lenny, not Lulu Lenny. Lenny's getting angry. So I'm He's done. red. I'm done. So, <laughs> man, I, I feel like I just want you to keep going, so I'm going to stir the pot a little bit here somehow. I'm trying to think. Let's talk about how Bitcoin. It, how, does this, how does this make you feel, Let's Lenny? Let's talk about Bitcoin. How does this make you feel? It makes me happy. So, I, I mean... Uh, what, tell me about the thing costs what like a grand more what it's, uh, yeah you got to renew your your emergency response which is uh, whatever that costs you got to get that recertified their course to re- renew and your emergency response and then you think it costs $650 to huh. renew the SCS all right have any of you got any benefit out of your your CSs yes. any benefit financially or or what tell me about it i would say yes the amount of knowledge that i learned was significant and i think that it gave me a lot How'd more you learn it? Uh, through the courses and through the so by process. studying for yeah. it, you develop the own learn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you that's, could argue that's not the cert, but it's the process of getting the cert. That's yeah. good. Um, I took the EMR course and I felt like it gave me stuff. But I I worked one medical event as like a hoping to shadow someone, and I found out quickly that I was so unprepared. <laughs> Even though I got hours and I studied under ATs for my SCS and stuff, I was like, there's two minutes are life threatening, and if you don't spend your whole career knowing how to <laughs> hold someone's neck and not have them have something happen, like I couldn't. That was way too much for me. People get like serious injuries in these medical events. And I was like, this is so not mine. But I learned a lot for the clinic and sports, so I respect that. The nutrition stuff, yeah. the strength conditioning stuff. Yeah, so I think we all value the CSs, right? Like in, in the process to get through it. I mean, a lot of us have it. Um, you know, almost all of us have it, right? Mike's probably going to work towards his eventually at some point. I mean, we all, I think we all value the approach to get it and, and, the learning process and what we gain from that. I think, like Lenny brings up, there's some specific issues with the SES that maybe some hurdles we don't do. And then a whole other secondary question that you guys are going to have to answer down the road is, is it worth renewing? That's the second question. Is it worth renewing? I know some places give you a raise if you have it. So yeah. if that's the case, yeah, I mean it's worth it. I think, like Lenny said, you have to, they have to maybe tweak this, like what they're asking you to do with your SCS, right? You know, we yeah, we, we're we're still working on that mm-hmm. a little bit. Good, is that it? That's three. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Lenny. Thank you so much for sharing your feelings on this episode.
I feel better. I think that was good. Mine's gonna take a timeout. He's gonna uh, he's gonna he's gonna recoup. I gotta like that was, that's no coffee, Lenny. Too. No. Wow, that was pretty solid. Coffee, Lenny. Thanks so much, guys. Head to iTunes, rate and review this. You can go ask us more questions on the forum on the website. Go to MikeRinald.com, click that podcast link, and ask us anything you want. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.